0: Welcome to the Aspiring High Performers Podcast, the show where we embrace both the challenges and the beauty of our high performance journeys and aspirations. I am your host, Sana Koyanen, a former professional athlete from Finland who is now guiding others to excel through mental performance coaching and breathwork in Denver, Colorado. And together we are on a mission to achieve greatness without compromising our well-being or happiness anymore. So join me as we connect with experts, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals from the worlds of sports and high performance. We will uncover the stories, tools, and insights needed to craft and improve our own high-performance lifestyles. So get ready, because this journey promises to be both enlightening and enjoyable. Hello, and in Finnish. In this insightful episode that was also recorded on Instagram last year, our guest is Rachel Adams, an Olympian and a former professional volleyball player from top of the world, seriously. And she has now turned into an athlete mentor and a coach, and she delves deep into the unique challenges faced by female athletes. However, if you are a male athlete, I would still listen to this one because the challenges might actually be pretty similar. And she's drawing from her personal experiences in emphasizing the heightened pressure and self-doubt that female athletes often endure, especially at her level. So she highlights the importance of positive self-talk and explains how she was able to start changing hers as well as the perfectionism in her that had previously robbed the chance for joy and confidence. And one of my personal favorite parts of discussion revolves around the importance of creating a safe and trusting team environment where athletes can hold each other accountable in a constructive manner, because it's so tricky and it's so challenging. So I am happy to say that so many of you will for sure find this episode valuable as it is her explaining the lived experiences so there's no flaw for theoretical ideas only that has never been tested in actually real life and these highly competitive environments. So please enjoy the ideas and advice for overcoming mental barriers and achieving personal excellence in sports and beyond because so many of the things that we're doing in sports are applicable also in the life after sports. In addition, if you are feeling supportive today, there probably is someone in your life that would really benefit from this podcast episode, so maybe consider sharing this episode with them. But anyways, let's get you started now. So for those who might not know you or who know you, how would you describe yourself?
1: Oh, God, how would I describe myself? I'll definitely say I'm creative. Uh, I love going for what I want. Um oh. And I'm also very in tune with, you know, making sure others feel like comfortable around me and I'm not like the they're not like the lone wolf or feel left out. Um, so I want to make fe- people feel comfortable and seen. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a Gemini, so I'm a true like double personality. Like sometimes I need my alone time, but sometimes I love like interacting with people. So, yeah, definitely like a mix. A lot of. Stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And other question in the beginning is like, what are you currently reading?
1: Um, I'm actually reading. It's a book about listening with intention because I want to be a better listener. I know sometimes I'm a big like, um, I'm talking with someone and they say something and like, oh, like I know my response. Then I stop listening. So I want to be a better like listener and ask better questions. In touch with the conversation.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I- Asked you like a list of your favorite books or um, for this live, and then just the list that you sent was like just I don't know like my favorite list too. It's like okay, this is gonna be amazing. And so I know you read a lot now, but was it always in the least?
1: Um, so I would love to say that like I'm so, you know, I have that discipline to read like a chapter before bed, but it's definitely like I buy the books and I pick them up like when the time is right. Um. And it is, like, kind of how I started, like, my journey with, like, self-help and growth. I think it was, like, um, what was that book back, like, Oprah introduced, like, years ago, like, um, with Eckhart Toll. Do you remember her? Power of Now? Yeah, The Power of Now. And, like, that just opened my mind to, like, whoa. And so I just, like, dove yeah. in more to just, like, learning. And, like, I was always in this book course. I <laughs> yeah. read that book. I was, like... If,
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that book too. Because when I read it, I was like, and almost kind of like, how stupid have I been when I've been just like living either in the future or just like focusing on the past and just missing the present moment completely, where actually everything happens. Uh, I loved that book. It did give me a lot of perspective where all the good things actually happen and what often cause like causes the suffering in my life. And so that's a good recommendation for people who might have any kind of similar <laughs> challenges in their lives. That That's a great book to read. Um, but I also want to dive into your story because I think that's going to be a very big part of it. Like, what, how did you learn so much in your life? So how did you start playing volleyball?
1: Um. So I hope this story isn't repetitive for people. But for me, playing volleyball was a complete accident. Um, I was spending the night at um, one of my best friend's house and she asked me, like, do you want to come with me to the incoming freshman volleyball camp or sleep in? Like, just let me know. Though, for some reason, I decided to not sleep in and um, go with her. And I brought my summer reading book and I asked the coaches if I could sit on the sideline while my friend played volleyball. And they said, OK. And then five minutes later, they asked, like, do you want to join and I joined, I was absolutely terrible, like all people, <laughs> um, you know, had the fancy volleyball stuff and I was tragic, but I just fell in love and I came back the next day and the next day um, and I wanted to come back for more and that's just how I felt.
0: Yeah, and how did you then get to scholarship, like uh, do a college right away with the scholarship? Was yes. That, uh, how it went for you? Yeah. So,
1: it was I had like a lot of like natural athletic ability, so it attracted a lot of coaches, and so I did have a lot of offers, and I ended up going to the University of Texas, and it was amazing. Um, and you know, through that, like since I did start so late in volleyball, uh, you know, I had this limiting belief that I wasn't enough, and um, I carried that all the way through my time with the national team, which is crazy because you know, like you would think, like okay, after you go to Texas, like, you're like, okay, I'm fine. And then after that, you're in the USA gym, you're like, okay, cool. But like, I still had that belief that I was so far behind everyone on the court. And, um, you know, that's what made me dive into learning about mindset after a coach asked me, like, why does it look like you don't deserve to be out there? And I was like, yeah, like there, why am I playing small? Like what is going on? So I just dove into like, you know, mindset and what was going on in my brain and what was I thinking and what was I believing myself and like, my skills and my journey.
0: Yeah, so do you think it then came from, like, using Little Late and, like, from the oh. old times that you felt like you were not enough?
1: Yeah. Beliefs and I noted like, I don't feel enough or I'm not capable. I had to, like, dive back and, like, like where did I first pick this up? Where did this thought first begin um, and I realized that it was like day one of me walking into the volleyball gym or me deciding I want to play volleyball and feeling like I am behind and so I carried that you know with me um you know no matter what gym I walked in like everybody was playing longer than me so yeah
0: yeah and so that's so interesting because I think that's a good example of that like it actually comes from the first day you walked in the gym even though you had like crazy success afterwards and Texas is a very, very good school for those like who might come from Europe and not know. Texas is a very good school, but then how, like still carrying that mindset, all the feeling of like you're behind is something that was kind of like slowing you down. But yeah. did you then realize at some point that you want to become a pro or how did the shift go from college then to pro? So that <laughs> was actually,
1: so, I was graduated from advertising um mm-hmm. and i was preparing my resume to go to new york volleyball was not in my mind because i had no idea how to play overseas or what that transition looked like but i was a, a demo player at a coach's clinic for teen usa um and so i asked one of the coaches that was there i was like how do you get overseas and he's like hey i have a contact how about you reach out and so i reached out and my the agent was like i have something for you in poland and so I was like, okay, sure. And that's how my career started.
0: Yeah. So it wasn't like a dream necessarily.
1: What? But it was, you know, because like it's such a disconnect. Now it's more mm-hmm. of a vision for athletes that are in college now because they have social media. They know what it looks like to see athletes being overseas. And, you know, FIB has like games readily um, on the internet so you can see, like, what Champions League looks like. But I had no yeah. idea of what anything, and most Americans didn't. You know, at the, the time, like, Azerbaijan was a popular country. I was like, Azerbaijan, like, why are people playing? Car- <laughs> like, what is going on there? I had no yeah. idea. And, like, my agent was like, oh, this team is in, like, uh, the second year I signed for another team in Poland, and, like, this team is in Champions League. I was like, what is Champions League? You know, like, mm-hmm. dead. like that? I-
0: yeah. And I think it's just interesting to hear hear those stories. But it doesn't mean that people wouldn't be able to achieve those things if they have moments of like where they lack the ability. It will be inspiring for sure for so many people who might be now playing and having those moments of doubt. Like maybe they are not playing at their own level or they feel behind. And then hearing that like, no, it doesn't need to be that way. You can still make it happen for you and whatever the dream is for you. But And so what time... Uh, when did you make it to the national team then? Um, so in
1: 2013 was my first time in the national team because 2012 um, was the Olympic. So they weren't like inviting anybody. And then from 2012 mm-hmm. to 2013, they made a coach change. So that's when Karch became coach. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, so 2013 was my first summer with Team USA. Yeah. How was that for you? I mean, it was great. So... No, like, well, everything was kind of new because like we had a new coach, we had um a new way we wanted to play volleyball, a new like culture we wanted to create. Um and so luckily it wasn't like something I was coming in and it was like already like, you know, perfectly established. So I felt like I was yeah. in the process of like creating what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I still, you know, you're walking in the gym with like Olympians and uh, other players that you've seen that play before you but like honestly that's when my dream ke- became real was when I did see um the 2012 Olympics and I saw that me and the girls on Teen USA I have either played with or I played against in college and I was like yeah they were just there with me and now they're at the Olympics like that's when my like my vision came to life like that's awesome to create it I was like okay I can do that. And so I literally took a screenshot. I was like, where's the next Olympics? And I said it was in Rio. And I was like, okay, I screenshotted the logo. It's still in my phone. I was like, I'm going to be there. And so it's crazy, you know, that it like came to life. But when, yeah, I definitely had those limiting beliefs. And there's a lot of, you know, we're competing in the USA gym for the same spot, but also trying to be like the best teammate that you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, And also, you know, trying to like make sure you have that confidence but also learning new stuff and you know like we had an amazing mindset or sports like uh Mike Gervais who like just opened my mind to a lot of stuff um yeah and I, I learned a lot yeah so
0: what did you think or consider now when you look back what allowed you like in a mindset wise like really compete at a confident level but still staying in that growth mindset Mm. with those oh like because you had a big dream and it totally like I'm sure it required a lot of competitiveness in order for you to take that spot. So how are you able to do it?
1: I had the coach that came up to me and I was like, why does it look like you deserve you don't deserve to be out there because obviously I was starting and and he's like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, whatever, I'm fine. But I realized that, you know, I really wasn't taking up space. Like I'd make a mistake and I hang my head and I feel like I'm the only one making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I felt like I had to be perfect and I put a lot of expectations on myself and I never really just like enjoyed my time in the court. Yeah. So, you know, like when I started learning about like, you know, perfectionism and how like you know, people love to be like, I'm a perfectionist, but like, I learned like it's a double like sword, like, yeah, and mm-hmm. then like push me to get so far in my career. But like, it also held me back from never feeling like I'm good enough or like only focusing on my mistakes or never celebrating my little wins or, um, only focusing on the outcome and not the progress that I've made. Yeah. Um, and just putting unrealistic expectations on myself and, I remember one article I read was like, you know, look around the gym and like pick the best person in the gym that, you know, and for me, you know, in, in that time it was like Jordan Larson, it said like, then has she ever made a mistake? And I was like, yeah. And it's like, did you just think she was the worst player in the world? And I was like, well, no. And like, you know, like you were like, oh, Jordan made a mistake. Like anyways, like, and like, why can't you give yourself that same grace? You know, like why, in the, when you make a mistake, it's like I'm the worst. Or like you get frustrated, or you think it says something about you. And then I was like, whoa, that really such a bully to myself. Well said. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So was that a that definitely was a prog- progress for you? How oh, were you able to make that basis mm. that like you recognize it like, okay, I'm hard on myself because I think many people do recognize it. Like, yeah, I'm kind of a perfectionist, but I don't know the other way either. Like, I don't know how to solve yeah. this because I think this is how I get. It. If I become like, if I'm satisfied with what I do, then I'm not driving myself to the edge where I should be in order to develop. So how did you find that balance?
1: I self-talk and... Um, with the national team, our coach or our sports like asked us like, okay, like how is your self-talk? And I was like, self-talk, like I don't talk to myself, like crazy (laughs) people do that. And so he's like, during practice, I want you to like, just be aware of how you, what's going on in your head after you make a mistake, what's going on in your head. Like when you want to do something great, like what is just, just be aware. I was like, okay. I was serving. I miss a serve. God, you suck, Rachel, like you are a serve. like why can't you do this? And I was like, oh, that is self talk like got it, and it's like i I learned like your, your the words you tell yourself were either lift you up or tear you down, and I was like tearing myself down, you know, like um, and I real and I realized like you know, you have the opportunity to like, look at it like, okay, like, yes, I made a mistake. Instead of like beating yourself up, you're like, okay, like, how is my top? Like, what can I do better next time? Like, it's not like mm-hmm. that mistake says something about me as a person, as a player. It's like, it says something about the action that I did. And like, it's just feedback. And so once I realized like, yeah. you know, I don't have to be perfect. And I also, I realized after games, um, you know, I would focus on like the one mistake I made, the two balls I hit out, And so I had this routine in my phone after a game. I would open up my notepad and I would write down like what went well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's like I did really good in blocking today or, you know, I made two good defensive moves. Uh, And then the next question would be like, what can I do next time to improve? And it's like um, maybe it's like even like make more eye contact with my teammates after a mistake Um, And so it's just not focusing, like, all the things that went bad, but acknowledging, like, the things that went good. So it's like, I'm not just, like, on that perfectionist route of just being like, okay, you know, I'm going to play perfect. And um, also going into the game, not thinking, having that expectation, like, I'm going to play perfect, but saying, like, okay, I know I'm going to do my best. And when mistakes happen, I'm going to choose this. So it's kind of like having that plan of, like, okay, when I do make a mistake, like, what is my, you know, reaction going to be like, what am I going to choose? Um, so kind of be aware, like, aware about that. Does that kind of like create a better picture of like connection and that like transition? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because then that also gives the examples like what did you actually yeah. or Just like watching it, but, but, but like how? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, so I think that gives like, and obviously all of us have like our individual stories, like what works for you might not work for somebody else. But then just having different examples that they can hear about, I think is very valuable.
1: Yeah, and being able to look back and see it and be like, okay, when you do have that day, like, oh, I'm not making progress. Like, look at all the things that went well, like the little victories that you had and like having it like right there on paper. So like, you can't like discredit it.
0: Yeah, and Uh, I'm thinking where to go next. I want to go to the... uh, I guess I would love to continue on this path, but I know the same theme comes up when we're talking about the season. So you played in the very, very high-level teams and clubs in your life. So is there some memory that you remember? Like, this season was especially hard for me. So why was that? And how did you overcome that?
1: I would say, like, I had a where we went through a lot of changes and we went through like multiple coaches and I just didn't have like um the capacity to manage myself and my energy and my boundaries and um I just absorbed a lot so by the end of the season I was just completely exhausted like I focused on so much that was out of my control and it left me feeling exhausted and I really learned the power of focusing on what you can't control and what is in your control and like letting that bring you peace and letting that like just guide mm. the direction and you know what you you know what you go about on your day-to-day basis because I was like, completely exhausted mentally after that season
0: yeah and was there something I remember especially that was super helpful at that time like okay you were writing down these things and what is self-talk like or what was the kind of like the inner motivation or something that you were able to tap into when it was so hard
1: um I mean honestly the thing is like I didn't have the tools to do that so that's why like it was so difficult Mm -hmm. and that was just like a huge lesson because I didn't have those tools I literally just like you know, didn't do well in that department. So I learned like, what can I do better next time? Like, you know, cause like, you know, the coaching is out of my control. Like how other teammates react to situations is out of my control. Like, you know, other people having problems on the team is outside of my control, but like, I can't let that control like how I show up at practice, you know, yeah. the focus that I put in, like, um, and, you know, the determination that I still hold and access And so, you know, looking back, like, you know, I would, you know, I would have just not been a part of like the conversations that were kind of just complaining and like that were frustrated and just like, you know, always negative. And then I wouldn't focus on like, oh, God, like what is going to happen to this coach and this coach and be like, okay, that is out of my control. I need to make sure that I do my job so that we can, you know, try to win, try to turn things around and just like give the best energy and the best version of me to this situation and not be one more like crazy factor that can't like contribute to this situation
0: yeah that's so good and then what about the best season that you have had what happened oh that it was so good for you
1: so for me actually playing in brazil was one of the best experiences that i had um just coming in it was a new country for me i had no idea what to expect like the traveling the players the culture the facilities um and just like the, the everyday like ups and downs of like what it looks like to be playing in brazil mm-hmm. and so and i know like the fans are very passionate and you know i want it to do well but i was like you know what i'm not gonna put a crazy expectation of myself to go and just show because i know like you know i hadn't been playing for a year and you know people are like okay what what is she gonna do how is she gonna play So I knew like okay I'm gonna focus on what I can control I can't control what people say and I can't tr- control like how it's everything is gonna work out but I know that I'm not gonna put crazy expectations on myself. I'm gonna work hard and as things come and as I learn I'm just gonna learn to like adapt and it's just like allowed me to just enjoy the culture and learn the language and like as things made me there were challenges um just take them as they went and you know just play free and not feel like i had to like show up in like a certain way yeah so it just was so freeing
0: oh yeah i love that because many people do s- describe like their best seasons as a, like mm-hmm. i just felt free when i was playing yeah and I didn't actually, I didn't know that you had um, like an off season between. Uh, So what was the reason for the off season, if I may ask?
1: Yeah, so I had a, like a knee problem back in 2019. It was just swelling, like we couldn't find like a problem to it. And then COVID happened. And so um, I was playing in Turkey the year before and I had left early um, just to go back with the national team to get just the care that I needed to, Compete for the two thousand, the next Olympic cycle, and so I had a chance. Yeah. Um. And so I, so I ended up only doing a half season. So having that like unknown for teams, I was like, okay, what's happening? What happens? So it was a little bit like risky for teams, and so yeah.
0: This is so interesting. So, I guess y- you took a season off, but then were able to go to like one of the best leagues and have the best season. Um, mm-hmm. And I think for many, if they take a season off or time off, or they're just off because of an injury, something that wasn't like their choice necessarily. But well, were you able to do that? Because I think oftentimes when we come back from a break, it's a lot of comparison between like I should, like I should be better than this. I was there, and comparing themselves to like what they were before. So how were you able to turn that voice down and play? freely
1: yeah I mean like like you said like going into a whole new country going into like a situation where I want to play well and I'm not sure like you know when I get there it's gonna be like okay let's see what we got um Mm -hmm. it was a big high stress situation that I could have turned into like a a very stressful situation but yeah I just wanted to go in like having grace with myself and letting myself you know go through a process and the progress. And luckily my, my coaching staff, they never, you know, put that kind of pressure on me and they're like, Hey, I know you're coming back. Like we had some other athletes coming back from having babies. Um, and so luckily I had them on my side to just create a really good plan. And it wasn't Mm -hmm. all on me to be like, okay, you have to perform. And so with having them being like taking such good care of me and creating like a, like a realistic plan to return, i just felt like i was in good hands and it allowed me to like have that grace for myself and they reminded me like hey like it's a progress like let's not go too crazy <laughs> too frustrated like it's."
0: oh yeah i that just i think to me that just shows the strength of your mindset and how you have been able to train it so that like that kind of situation actually ended up being like a super amazing experience instead of like one of those frustrating ones where everything just feels like so much pressure. And Mm -hmm. you've also said it so many times, like it's like that you put that pressure on yourself.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: It was not really coming like externally. Has that always been the case for you?
1: But in college... So in college, you play for like four months and then you kind of like have a spring season. Then you pick up back again in August. So it's like from December till that next season in like August. So I remember in December, we were playing in the final four or like the championship. And then in August, we picked up preseason to get another season. And I was in tears because I wasn't playing exactly like I was in December. I know. <laughs> The amount of pressure I was putting on myself of unreal, unrealistic things. Like, why can I kill this ball like this? Why can I like? Why is my touch off? Like, what is going on? And yeah. you know, I I think a coach came up to me. I was like, Rachel, like you haven't played since December. or Like, wh- How are you putting this expectation on yourself to be exactly how you were at the end of a season? Like, that's insane. And I was just like. Mm-hmm. It really opened my eyes, like, you know, like how ridiculously hard I was being on myself. Um, And so now going forward to that situation in, you know, Brazil, and I was like, all right, like, let's have some patience. You know, of course, I, I lost my patience in some moments, but I now have that awareness and that, like, experience and that mindset to be like, okay, like, see when it's happening and be able to, like, talk myself through it.
0: Yeah, and I—that's a great example for so many people. And also, I remember when I played, like, even though it might have been a good pass, I was libero. um, If it wasn't a perfect touch that, like, you know, like evenly hit my platform, I was always kind of like dissatisfied with it. It doesn't actually make that much sense. Like, why would I deny myself the opportunity to be happy about it because it was good enough for that situation? It doesn't need to be perfect every single time. And that's such a big like yeah time for introspection like where does that demand come from because oftentimes it's not even coming from outside yeah, and it's not yeah so how is that something that you wish you would have done differently in your career something you would were um, done like just differently now looking back
1: no i mean you know we always like look back at things as like you know in like hindsight but I've learned so much from every step of my career even the moments that like I don't want to relive again or like you know you wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't that wouldn't have, have happened or like maybe if I did this but like I know everything that I've experienced even like the things that I didn't want to experience like the disappointments the no's um, or the challenges or the tears like they definitely helped me grow and like to be able to sit here as a mindset and confidence mentor for female athletes like everything that mm-hmm. I've learned and all the disappointments that I had allowed me to do that so everything that I am able to share with these athletes is because I've experienced them too and I could say like me yeah. too I know what you're going through life. me too yeah and it's not easy no it's not easy <laughs>
0: Hey, let's take a 60 second break from this episode, because if you want to do better in your sport, but find it challenging to block out the distractions, maybe handle the pressure or stay focused on what truly matters. The present moment, not other people's opinions or the previous rally or what you're going to eat later tonight. If any of that sounded like you, I've got something for you. I want to give you an exclusive training session that I did this fall, and you'll be learning how to silence the external noise and laser focus on what's important, you and your performance. So I will be diving into the techniques that will allow you to improve your mental focus and resiliency so you can be more consistent. Because isn't that the dream? If I could just perform at a better level, more consistently... Well, improving your focus is such a big part of that, so don't miss out on this opportunity. Go grab the free training through the link in the show notes, or you can also go to the website bit.ly forward slash athletefocus. So it's bit.ly forward slash focus. See you there. live. Mm-hmm. so yeah there is some yeah go ahead sorry
1: yeah because when come up with certain things like why is this happening like you know it shouldn't be easy but like no this is exactly what should be happening like and i always say like embrace the journey embrace you know everything that comes like the ups and the downs like it's all a part of it yeah it is
0: And that's a wrap for this episode of the Aspiring High Performers podcast. I hope you found today's conversation as inspiring as I did. And please remember that achieving more does not have to come at the expense of your well-being or happiness anymore. So before we part ways, I want to share two important things with you. One, if today's conversation resonated with you, if it reinforced that thought of what could be possible for you, then consider becoming part of the community. So please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback means the world to me, honestly. And it helps me continue bringing you valuable content. Secondly, as we venture forward on this journey, I invite you to join our exclusive WhatsApp group, absolutely free of charge. Here you'll find a community of like-minded individuals, all driven by similar dreams and desires. And we can make reaching that next level just a little bit easier when we are surrounded by support and shared aspirations. And lastly, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of today's episode. So until next time, stay driven and go master the day because you might just be closer to your goals than you think.